Translated from the original Esperanto, it's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. A Medicare podcast that barks up the right tree every time. And now, wondering when his hover car will be ready to buy, it's Medicare expert Doug Jones. Well, hello again, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. I am always so happy when the the joint effort of uh, learning about Medicare comes around because it's a subject that I can master and it's a subject that you can master with just a little bit of guidance. Your encounter with Medicare can be a very rewarding and if not profitable, can be a non-painful one. And that's my goal is to help you feel good about the upcoming encounter with Medicare that you may be thinking about coming up in the future. How much more redundant can I be? Anyway, I suggest that you purchase my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man. The 2023 edition is out right now. It's uh, the middle of 2023, and so you'll have plenty of time to read that edition. And I suggest that you do that if your encounter with Medicare is scheduled to come up soon. That encounter could be your 65th birthday, or it could be your impending retirement from your current plan where you've enjoyed your employer's health insurance. Or it could be that you're still employed. You're going to continue to be employed, but you work for a small company, fewer than 20 employees. That means that you probably are going to have to take a serious stab at Medicare because the law says that Medicare is primary and uh, you will have to have Medicare in order to have complete coverage, even though you're going to continue to work and you're going to continue to have your, your employer's plan. So I suggest that you go to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com, type in the search window, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023, and then take a look at the offerings. Select the edition that you prefer. That would be the paperback the magnificently constructed hardcover, the Kindle version, which is very inexpensive and can be yours in moments, moments, or the uh, Audible version, wherein I will do the work for you and you can just sit back and absorb that Medicare knowledge. All of these books are reasonably priced. As a matter of fact, I'm losing money on every single one of them because Amazon has raised their prices you know, we live in inflationary times. And so uh, the 2024 edition is going to be a little pricier for that reason. But I have uh, cut the cost right to the bone or cut the expenses right to the bone, cut the prices right to the bone. And I encourage you to join us in the study of Medicare. I think after you're finished with the very short read that that book presents to you, you will be very pleased that you researched it with my book rather than the 425 page Medicare for Dummies. I own that book, but that's a research. Uh, that's like a, a set of encyclopedias used to be when I was a kid. It is way too much and way too detailed for the average person who just wants to learn mm, the minimum necessary to deal with Medicare in a proper and secure way. So Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023, that's my suggestion. 
I've got a suggestion or two for Randy Carson, but every time I give him suggestions, he says, I already thought of that. So he's way ahead of me. Randy, how are you doing today? I'm very good, Doug. Thank you for asking. I couldn't As be happier you can to see, hear I'm, I'm, I'm ensconced in one of our many, many Medicare for the Lazy Man uh, buildings. That looks like a fantastic place. It has elements of um, the older established architecture. And uh, when I look out the window, I see palm trees and fantastic tropical yeah. Yeah. Uh, breezes blowing past them. So we're, we're, the- we're doing very well in our real estate business. Well, you know, when you say we, <laughs> I, I feel as though I'm a, a silent partner because I've never really been able to share in the joy that uh, you have in spending company money. Well, you know, you got spending company money is always fun. Uh, I don't, yes. I don't go, I don't try to go overboard, but you know, as you can see in my background here, I do like a, a kind of an old school office. You know, I love I love dark wood. So you can see I got all that. And it that picture very... you see there. Yeah. That picture. Yeah. It looks like that... your brain pe- with your skull peeled back. Well, there is that problem. But actually, that was only ten thousand dollars. Boy, I, you know, I'm not an art aficionado, so I can't tell you whether that was a good deal or not. I'm going to have to trust your judgment. But the whole thing that I'm confused about is, how come I never see any dividends? I mean, as the majority stockholder in this enterprise, I would like to occasionally find some evidence of profitability. Uh, you know, we work, 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 and uh, there's we have you know a, a growing real estate empire. But I'm not seeing any. A few shekels here and there would be. Well, well, let me let me use the same comment that most of my family used my entire life. We're just about there. That's what your uncles who are dentists use <laughs> and, uh, to save a few bucks on the Novocaine. Oh, yeah, don't what, worry. What you know, about 50 cents worth of Novocaine. I go, hey, we're just about there. Quit screaming, kid. <laughs> that screaming should have been the clue. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, but I'm not screaming yet. When I look at your beautiful real estate acquisitions, I uh, it puts a smile on my face and a warm feeling in my heart. I don't know about that picture. I'd dump that loser if I were you. Maybe you can well, find some other sucker to pay twenty grand for it. It well, I got it for ten, but you know, I've talked to some of my some of my other friends and neighbors and said I showed it to them. I said I got this just for ten grand, and they go, "Where'd you get it?" I go, "Target," and they go, "Really." Well, here's the deal. It looks like a brain surgeon's uh, map of where the corpus callosum is and some of the other elements yeah, of the brain. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, not the kind of thing that I would hang on my wall, but, uh, you know, I can't I can't uh, really be too critical of your choices if you enjoy it. I would, if I uh, have to look at it much longer, I'm going to ask that you turn it to face the wall. Okay. All right. I got you. <laughs> I just also want to share with you our recent activity. I wrote down on the uh, uh, checklist for today's episode, camping out with the Joneses. And I wanted to tell you that 18 years ago, we bought this uh, very nice house in Arizona. And I am a carpet guy. I'm a traditional old school carpet guy. Many of my neighbors uh, ripped up their carpeting and put down tile all over their houses, or in many cases, um, uh, luxury uh, laminate wood floors. There's a name for it. It's a new product that uh, looks like a wood floor, but it's luxury vinyl. That's what it is. Got that all over the place in uh, the new house in Wayne. But 
what we have done is retained our carpeting. And so yesterday we had a nice young couple come in and basically for the 24 hours before their arrival, we took everything that could be moved and piled it on top of the other things that could be moved. And we had all of our carpeting shampooed. And the one thing I regret about that was that I didn't anticipate the drying time that would be required. So we have been camping out and uh, waiting for those uh, those carpets and the pads underneath them to be completely dry before we start piling furniture back in the rooms. Randy has a comment here. He's apparently been down this road before. Are you having the same problem I've had in the past? Wet socks? Well, uh, no, you've got the dogs that may be the result or cause. No, the, I mean, uh, you're walking on the carpet. Oh. that's not dry yet. Well, I uh, take the socks off because I don't want to get them wet. So <laughs> I oh, splash. There you go. I oh, splash around on my bare feet. So, well, that's that's probably a better option because wet socks just it ruins your entire day. <laughs> well, yeah, I can understand that. But uh, so I left the fans on the ceiling fans in every room. Uh, you know, they were. I I'm glad I took all the time I did to balance those blades perfectly because I left those little bastards on all night long, and. Uh, they were all running beautifully this morning, and the carpeting is much drier. So the rest of my day is likely going to be putting all the stuff back, trying to remember where all the stuff came from. That I, I believe I heard somewhere, Doug, that you're the only man in Cave Creek, mostly because you're in your Fortress of Solitude, that has uh-huh. a 75-horsepower ceiling fan. Well, these are big fans. Uh, they're, I, I called them little bastards, but in reality, they are massively uh, sized because I figure go big or go home. So That's right. That's I put right. all these fans up. I paid to have them wired. You know, when the house was built, I paid extra, make sure there's a ceiling fan outlet everywhere and, you know, where it makes sense. And then uh, one by one, I went to the store and bought big ass ceiling fans and I put them up. Most of them don't have lights. Mary said, no, I don't want lights in my ceiling fan. So the only one is in the office that has a light. The rest of them are. And the one in the living room is, uh, I don't know, it's like a, it came off a B-17, I believe. It's, oh, really? Uh, does it take quite a while to spin up? <laughs> it does. It's, there's a lot of inertia. And in I fact, I, there's a wall switch labeled one, two, and three. And I have to do it like they, when they started those engines on those bombers. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, 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 it starts up and then a bunch of smoke comes out of yeah. The, yeah. and then yeah. it gradually picks up some speed and all of a sudden the oil gets warm enough and it, and it catches on all cylinders and that thing is moving. Then I turn it from one to two and then eventually to three. Well, that's just like, well, you know, obviously you know this, but that's how, you know, you can do a quick start on a B-52 is with an explosive charge. Yes, that was, I first learned about that in the movie. Flight of the Phoenix. Yeah. Did you ever did you ever see that? I did. I did. Okay. That was the coolest damn thing. They used 12 gauge shotgun shells to start the engines. Yep. Yep. And that is exactly how they do that when they need to do like a, a B-52 scramble and you know, uh-huh. get off the ground in a big ass excuse my friend. Yeah. A big rush. <laughs> Don't worry, I speak French. Well, here's here's the deal. I told you about my friend Steve. I went to high school with this guy, junior high, high school. I met him in 1960. We, we graduated from high school together. He went to Northern Illinois University. Smart, smart guy. I think he majored in chemistry. I'm not sure, though. But he had he was always a highly intelligent guy, National Honor Society and everything. But all he wanted to do was fly fighter planes. 
And uh, of course, we're deeply involved in Vietnam in 1966 when we graduated from high school. Steve went to Northern Illinois University, about 30 miles away, and he studied his buns off and he graduated probably cum laude, if I know Steve, but all he wanted to do was fly fighters. And so he enrolled or listed in the Air Force and he enlisted with the idea that they would send him to flight school. And so they did. They were good uh, as their word, they sent him to flight school and put him in the cockpit of a fighter. I don't know what what model it was, but and uh, part of the training was you had to be able to fly places by visual cues. And so they would send him out over the Illinois countryside, which is uh, basically the only difference in topography is whether the farmer below you grew beans or corn. And so he had. <laughs> There might be a church steeple occasionally that might be a clue as to where you were. So Steve would uh, be sent out and t- they take off, turn so many degrees, fly at this speed in that direction for so many minutes, and then turn a certain degree, number of degrees to one side or the other. And uh, eventually they would hear his voice, his plaintive voice coming over the uh, the radio. I, I'm lost. <laughs> he... Th- and I heard about this while he was in flight school. He mentioned that it was a problem he had. He would fly out and get lost, and they'd have to talk him back in. They'd watch him on the radar and tell him which way to turn and how many degrees to turn. And and eventually he would see the runway, and he'd come back and land. And this happened over and over and over again. So the Air Force, in its infinite wisdom, washed him out of flight school. So he could have been a great fighter pilot, but he just couldn't figure out where he was. So the Air Force had a solution. They made him a B-52 navigator. (laughs) Oh, awesome. So if he would get himself lost, why not get a whole crew full of guys lost? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I I totally, I'm on board with that, Doug. The other thing is, you know, it it really kind of, I I realize this was long after World War II, but somehow or another that troubles me that we're going to send out bombers, you know, saying, okay, turn right at the bean field. Well, this was fighter training. He wanted to be a fighter jack. So turning right at the bean field seems great for just one guy. I mean, hell, we just had a guy the other day, yesterday, I guess, that lost a whole F-130 or F-35. Yeah, he know, bailed out, and now they can't find the freaking F. Well, they, those F-35s, I, just, I mean, Jiminy Christmas, they're about $80,000 million. Yeah, they're $80 million, and they did find the wreckage finally. They did. Where was yeah. it? Yeah. I don't know. I just heard it over the air as I was uh, preparing for this. We'll have to leave that as a future item. This podcast is my sole activity. So no matter what else is going on in the world, I'm going to likely ignore it while I'm doing podcast preparation, especially with curated content. I'm so excited. We've got a curated piece of, uh, of content today that is, I think, right down our alley. I'm looking forward to that. But first, I thought I would, uh, read a little bit of a piece of correspondence that we got from Howard and Howard had a problem and I was able to solve it, but not, not without letting the lazy man come out first. So let me tell you what Howard had to say. Howard said, hi, Doug, I am a listener. So he's a listener to the podcast and he's a life insurance and disability income salesperson. So he's like a member of the tribe. He says, my father-in-law at age 89 went into hospice in Georgia. Hospice says that they are covering his drugs under Part A, if I understand correctly. He has a Medicare Supplement F plan and a Silver Script prescription drug plan. 
if they do indeed cover their cover his drugs, then do I need to spend money on the Part D plan going forward? And I'll add that some folks come off of hospice for a while and go back on later on. What happens to his drugs uh, when he is off hospice? And then he finally closed the letter by saying, I'm thinking I should just pay for Part D and not worry about it and then be on the safe side, question mark, question mark, question mark. And he said, what are your thoughts, Howard? And so I said, hi, Howard, thank you for writing. I don't know which of the three silver script plans your father-in-law currently has, but one of them, the Smart Saver plan, has the lowest premium of all prescription drug plans in most parts of the country. It may be that your father-in-law can retain his plan at very little cost, just in case. We can always hope for the best, and spending a few bucks keeping the plan in force may not cost that much and may allow him to save a few dollars in the future. If it doesn't work out to his advantage, you may become aware that sometime uh, you may become aware of that sometime down the road, and your decision will be more clear cut. If I were you, I would leave things as they are until there is no question as to the best course of action. And uh, I said, I wish you and your father-in-law the very best. And Mary, the content curator who is not your experienced Medicare expert, said, well, I think that was very good advice. That's what I would have said. Don't make any hasty moves. Just wait till the um, uh, situation becomes more clear, and then Howard will know what to do. So Howard wrote, thanks, Doug. After I wrote to you, that's what I decided. Thanks for confirming it for me. His premiums are higher than the uh, the very low uh, suggestion I made. And he said, I'm comfortable with in the lazy boy right now, the lazy boy lounger in his, uh, whatever his inner sanctum perhaps. And he said, I don't feel like going downstairs to look, um, as they will run about $50 a month in January of 2024. That's not changing anything in the, in his world. I'm just trying to be responsible. Keep up the podcasts. They are informative, fun, and a good time length signed Howard. So then I said, oh, boy, I started to feel guilty. When Howard started talking about being responsible, I realized I shouldn't. I should have been more responsible when answering Howard's question. So I said, okay, Howard, you got me at the word responsible. I checked the list of Part D special enrollment periods in the search window on Medicare.gov. Either you or the insured can drop that drug plan and purchase it or another drug plan within two months after uh, your father-in-law is released from hospice, if in fact he is released from hospice. Here is the relevant citation from Medicare.gov. And I copied and pasted the elements of um, the Medicare.gov instructions that tell people that when they're in a uh, hospital or an institution like a skilled nursing facility, they can join a Medicare Advantage or Medicare drug plan. They can quit those things. They can switch from a current plan to another Medicare Advantage plan or prescription drug plan. They can drop a Medicare Advantage plan and return to original Medicare, and they can drop their Medicare prescription drug coverage. So what I was kind of hinting was that if Howard wanted to drop his father-in-law's drug plan, he could do that on his father-in-law's behalf. And then within two months after the father-in-law being released from hospice, you could buy another drug plan without any problem at all. But then I told Howard this, and Howard said, "Thanks, that's very helpful. Thank you. 
two months is a weird time frame. Who said CMS was normal, though? And I said, I should have been more clear. You can drop his drug plan now. And if he is able to leave the institution, he'll have two months to acquire another plan. And then Howard said, yeah, yeah, I understood that. I would just, I'm not going to drop anything, but thanks for helping me out. So it was um, a timely uh, reminder that I should have been more responsible about advising Howard of his, uh, his possibilities under the law, which are, since his father-in-law was in an institution, uh, he had all the uh, freedom to drop the drug plan and then to get another drug plan if the father-in-law you know, perks up and, and recovers to some extent and leaves that institution. And Howard uh, was tired of talking about it by that time. So, But I'm glad he's in the audience. It's always great to know that people like Howard are out there listening to us. So here is the exciting content that the curator discovered. And I, <laughs> I found that I could not uh, access it because uh, the publication wanted me to pay them or to subscribe to their to their august publication before they would allow me to read this particular article. And so I don't know why it worked on uh, the, the iPhone of one of us, but I used the other iPhone to take photographs of each page of this. And I wound up with a whole bunch of photocopies of photographs of pictures of an iPhone screen showing this interesting article. But it was worth it for me because I believe this subject matter is the most important reason that we are here. And the headline of this article is how to decide between Medicare and Medicare Advantage when you turn 65. And this is the reason I'm here. Every day I hate I help people make this uh, decision. Uh, and I'm hoping that I help them make the decision because they've read the book and they understand the rationale that I use. But this article was written by Gail Marks Jarvis just two days ago. It was published in, I think, Barron's. But, you know, frankly, uh, I did not give them the satisfaction of subscribing to their publication. And I, uh, I'm pretty proud of myself. So here we go with the article as photographed on Mary's iPhone screen. Medicare Advantage is advertising heavily, but traditional Medicare plus a supplement is better for many seniors. Each year, uh, millions of uh, oh boy, each year millions of Americans turn 65 and face a key decision that will affect their health care spending for the rest of their lives. Medicare or Medicare Advantage. Remember, Medicare Advantage actually removes Medicare and replaces it with a plan that a bunch of uh, actuaries and bean counters have constructed in order to turn a profit. So Medicare Advantage means you don't have Medicare anymore. So the article goes on to say, like many people approaching this birthday, which is age 65 they're talking about, Amy Gage of St. Paul, Minnesota, was shocked when her mail filled day after day with sales pitches from Medicare-related insurance plans. It was a jarring reminder that she was reaching the age she once considered old. She got over her shock and picked a moderately priced Blue Cross Blue Shield Medicare Advantage plan that offered doctors that she trusts. Now, at age 66, she has been shocked again, this time by the sudden barrage of ailments, osteoporosis, a deteriorating hand joint, and arthritis in her left toe. As a result, she's rethinking her Medicare insurance, aware that she'll be using it a lot more than she had planned. 
There's no way to put frosting on the cake, she said. I'm starting to see my body deteriorate. And remember, she's only 66 years old. While her Medicare Advantage plan has been fine so far, she may switch to traditional Medicare plus a supplemental plan in order to get more freedom of doctors when open enrollment arrives in October. That's actually AEP, annual election period. Gage isn't alone. A lot of people don't fully digest the impact of their Medicare choice until they get sick. Many discover that the decision they made when spry at age 65 excludes them from seeing the top doctors for serious conditions that pop up later. Choosing Medicare plans is a complex or is complex, and people don't want to do it again once they've already done it, says Juliet Kubansky, deputy director of the Kaiser Family Foundation program on Medicare policy. But she goes on to say, but people aren't thinking about their future needs, and they only realize the limits of their doctor and hospital networks when they're confronted with a medical problem. Only 29% of Medicare enrollees re-examine their plans, and only 10% switch during the annual election period, according to Kaiser Family Foundation uh, research. So switching gets even more complicated for people who want to exit a Medicare Advantage plan and enroll in a traditional Medicare plus a supplemental Medigap insurance plan. If you enroll in Medigap insurance at age 65 or whenever you first go on Medicare Part B, the insurer has to accept you without asking questions. But once you pass this window, the insurer has a right to charge more to a retirement with health problems, or even refuse coverage altogether. Even needing a knee replacement can prevent a person from switching from Medicare Advantage to a Medigap policy, uh, says a Medicare educator. Choosing wisely while you're young and healthy matters. If you're not sick, the savings are real in Medicare Advantage plans, which typically charge no or low premiums, he said. But know the risks Affluent people tend to buy a Medicare supplement for the peace of mind. Melinda Caulfield, uh, who is a co-founder of Medicare Advisory 65 Incorporated, points to a former client who died of cancer at age 70 after a long, unsuccessful struggle to get her Medicare Advantage plan to let her see the specialist who she thought could save her life. When this woman was 65 years old, she looked young, felt young, and you couldn't imagine her getting sick, recalls Caulfield. So she didn't get the Medigap Plan G, which Caulfield recommended, because patients have freedom to choose the best care at a fixed price. Instead of spending $120 a month on the Medigap premiums, the woman opted for a Medicare Advantage plan with a low monthly premium. A couple of years later, she was diagnosed with cancer, and could not get her Medicare Advantage insurance to authorize the treatments that doctors were recommending. She was weak from her disease and stressed by the endless calls and denials. Ultimately, the woman took what Caulfield calls the nuclear option. She moved from Wisconsin to Illinois so she could get into a new insurance plan and see a top cancer doctor. She took advantage of a quirk in the Medicare rules. If you move away from from your Medicare Advantage territory, you can get a Medigap insurance plan without underwriting, even if you're already ill. But her move came too late. She died shortly afterward, and her, own, uh, her ordeal is not unique. 
Medicare Advantage plans limit health care usage by requiring patients to see certain doctors and to get prior approval from the insurance companies for the treatments, uh, medicines, and procedures, according to the Kaiser Family Foundation. If patients go to doctors outside of a plan's network, they must pick up most of the cost to an out-of-pocket cap that could top $10,000 a year. Studies by a uh, Brown University uh, professor uh, found that in 2021, even Medicare Advantage plans with high ratings have very narrow networks of doctors, ranging from primary care to cardiologists and psychiatrists. Narrow means they don't have many choices in each uh, specialty. Amid such... Okay, amid such delays, patients can drop. Oh boy, I got confused. In a 2020 study of 2016 hospital admissions, he found that Medicare Advantage patients tended to go to average quality hospitals rather than to top quality or low quality hospitals. In 2022, the Office of Inspector General found that the process of requiring prior approvals for doctor recommended care was too often putting patients at risk. Patients were missing time-sensitive care due to lengthy approval processes, and they were too often denied care that doctors thought was necessary. About 13% of the denials analyzed by the inspector general were for treatment that traditional Medicare and Medigap plans would have paid for. Amid such delays, patients can drop Medicare Advantage and revert simply to traditional Medicare, which covers roughly 80% of medical expenses. But without a Medigap plan, in addition to the basic Medicare, patients can still get hit with big bills. We want to make it crystal clear to people, uh, you will be accepted into a Medicare supplement at the outset, even if you're sick, but you may not be able to switch into a Medicare supplement later on. I think that's a really good lesson for us all to remember. I just had a a girl who I graduated from high school with many decades ago. Um, Two years ago, I found out she had pancreatic cancer, and she had Medicare supplement plan. She was able to go anywhere she wanted to, so she probably lasted longer than she would have. She just recently died, but she went to MD Anderson in uh, Houston, which I understand is a magnificent cancer treatment center, and I'm hoping that her last couple of years were um, more pleasant than they would have been otherwise so anyway i believe that's uh that's the total of our curated content for today randy plus i thought i would put you on notice that the 75 cents is gone no i'm not surprised to hear that that's an old story isn't it (laughs) (laughs) but i did want to you know put in my two cents worth here you know, it's it's pretty obvious to those of you who listen to us often that I have no no love lost for what I call Medicare plans, which uh, would be Medicare Advantage. Uh, but bottom line is, you really have to know that it really is as bad as everybody says. So if you see a Medicare Advantage salesman coming your way. I want you to tell Randy that you are going to run the other way as quickly as humanly possible because that few bucks you're going to save for maybe a few years, one, two years until maybe, maybe your health goes down, downhill. It's not worth it. People just remember that. That woman in the article uh, moved from Wisconsin to Illinois. So she had her Medicare Advantage plan taken away by law and she was able to be back put back in Medicare coverage, traditional Medicare. She still couldn't get a Medicare supplement because she was 
obviously ill and she would have had to answer health questions. So she got better coverage and freedom of choice, but she did not have the good quality coverage that she would have had had she made the right decision at age 65. That's the scary thing. People make choices at age 65 and then wake up one day and find that they have no more freedom of choice. And I sell freedom. The quickest way, the quickest way you can get no choice is to get yourself a Medicrap plan. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, so having ended on that pleasant note. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. we usually try for happier endings, but this time we failed. I'm going to try to bring it up here at the end. Uh, Thank you all. But I want to go through a little tiny list that I always do at the end of each episode to make sure that, uh, you know, we're all on the same page here. DBJ at MLMMailbag.com is Doug's email address. He loves to hear from you, so write that puppy down and use it. Doug is a nationwide licensed agent, right? Yeah, Yeah, hard to believe. I know, it's hard hard to believe. And he just re-upped all his licenses a couple weeks ago, so now he's he's, uh, not as sleepy as he was a couple days ago. He's, He's recovering. I'll tell you who's sleepy, the people in Alaska. Wake up, people. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. That's right. And whenever the sun's up, which isn't often, but uh, then there's the uh, check us out at the website, MedicareForTheLazyMan.com. We got a lot of good stuff going on there. And I I think that you would get some real good benefit out of taking, taking a quick run through there. We would also appreciate some reviews. It doesn't have to be long or complicated. Just find a place and say, hey, we enjoyed the podcast and we loved the book. That's all it needs to be. It doesn't have to be anything complicated, but it means a lot to us when it, when the rating wars come. Last but certainly not least is thank you for joining us. You could have been a number of different places today doing other things, but you weren't. You were with us sharing a few quality minutes with Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. And I always warn you, keep track of the time on your wristwatch. And I know that really pretty well dates me, the term wristwatch. But if you haven't been, you have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma, no more. He's living in the high ground behind Cave Creek, Arizona, in his fortress of solitude. And I have to I have to admit, he's up in the clouds today. I'm going to put him down at about, oh, 12,500 feet. Oh, boy. Well, Mary's wristwatch would be uh, screaming for mercy, but I don't wear <laughs> one of those expensive uh, I, I, I phone wristwatches. So I'm going to thank Randy and I'm going to thank all of you in the audience for joining us today. And I hope you'll come back and visit us again on our next episode. Bye-bye.